0: All right, man. Hey, listen, um, if you missed it last week, and let me say this, not many of y'all missed last week. It was crazy. Last week, I, I think in, in traditional service, we had like 180. And then in here, we had like 430. We broke 600. It was actually like an, an attendance record. Like going all the way back to 2017, and and I just kind of thought, well, what in the world's going on? And a couple people said to me, well, you know, um, God might be moving, and I was like, oh okay, <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought of that one. Um, but seriously, praise God! I mean, that's just awesome. And thank you all for being here. We're really on to exciting things. There's just so much excitement. I mean, there's just so many good things the Lord's doing. It's a lot. It's all good. Um, And it's exciting. So I'm going to get you to stand uh, and just want you to hear this word from 1 Peter 4.10. It's just one verse today. Um, If you did happen to miss, we're in a series, a three-week series called Pray, Serve, Give. And so this is our second week, and we're on serve. So 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. This is the word of God for the people of God. Uh, Lord, I just ask that you convict our hearts today um, through the message. May I remove myself, get out of the way, so that you can be seen, heard, experienced. Thank you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Uh, So, as we talk about service, I'm going to come right out of the gate with this, Um, and I'm I'm just going to let this sit for a minute. Jesus Christ washed feet. I, I mean, there's not many preaching analogies, there's not really anything like volunteer campaigns or anything like that that really would drive home a message other than the picture of Jesus washing someone's feet. Uh, He, two of the disciples we know, one would deny him, Peter. Uh, We know that one would betray him, Judas. They're both in the room. And so he gets down right before he dies and he begins to wash their feet. Now, their feet weren't like our feet. Our feet probably don't smell the best. But we wear shoes and we wear socks most of the time. And we have paved roads. They wore sandals, and they didn't have paved roads, and the animals went to the bathroom in the roads that they walked through. And so when he washed their feet, he's literally, it's very symbolic, but he's, he's washing feet that have walked in manure. Um, and then he follows that up after he does that with this from John 13, 14 through 15. He says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, You also should wash one another's feet. I've set what? I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So I want you just to think about that for a minute. When we talk about service, we're supposed to wash each other's feet. Now, it's not really what the world teaches us. Um, the world teaches us that we sh- our end goal should be to be served. Now, I don't know if you've ever been served. It's kind of nice. I remember specifically going on our honeymoon to the all-inclusive sandals resort. It was awesome. I mean, you come in, I've shared this before, but you come in and like your pillows are in the shape of swans and elephant heads. And, you know, you just... Like, they just deliver all the, any food that you want to eat, and there's servants everywhere, and you just kind of pretend like you're really wealthy for a week. And it's nice. I mean, who doesn't want to be served? Like, Jenny's told me, she's like, I I don't want us to be rich. I just want us to have enough money to hire a maid. I'm like, okay, maybe we can make that happen this lifetime, right? Um, But it's, it's the opposite of what Jesus says. Jesus says that we're to serve other people. Our goal is not for us to be served. In fact, Matthew 20, 26 through 28, Jesus says about the disciples says, "'Not so with you, instead whoever wants "'to become great among you must be your servant, "'and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, "'just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, "'but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many.'" You know, I actually think one of the world's, um, probably uh, a solution or a remedy to the world's ailments of depression and anxiety is actually service. Like if you're depressed and you're anxious, if you start serving other people, it actually helps with that a lot. I remember, um, I always talk about Sockahatchee, if you know what that is. But when I was a kid, I did Sockahatchee for four years, and it was this camp. And we went out, and and it was in Newberry, and it was in July. And we would go out there, and we would rebuild. like We we would do roofs. We would do um, putting up OSB board and and plywood. and, And it was hot. It was 100 degrees. And I'd get done with that week, and I'd be exhausted. I'd come home and go, man, that was the best thing I ever did in my life. Isn't that weird how that works? Uh, When I was in divinity school, I I did this uh, work in Hinton, North Carolina, Hinton Rural Life Center, and we built roof overs over uh, single-wide trailers. And if somebody had a roof that was like falling in, we, we would actually build a roof over it. And we would go out with different church groups, and it was so hot, and it was exhausting. But at the end of the summer, I was like, that was the best summer of my life. Why is that? Like we saw this video about Ecuador and all these people go to Ecuador and they go there to, to serve other people. And, and then they come back and they're like, that was the best week ever. It's the opposite of what you think. You think you want to be served, but the reality is Jesus says the blessing is actually in the serving. So what I want you to do today specifically for our church is I want you to think about how you serve our church because number one, our church needs you right now. But number two, this is the greatest work on earth is to serve the church. This place is where people receive salvation for eternity. Eternity. It's eternal work. We get to be part of the greatest work on earth. Everything else is temporary. Church work is eternal. That's why it's so wonderful because we work here and we strive together and we do these things and people get saved and their lives are changed and they're forgiven and they find hope in the midst of despair and they find peace in the midst of turmoil. I mean, church work is the best thing you can ever do. It's the most exciting, um, energizing most days work that you can do because you're doing God's work. It's the kind of work where when you do it, you go home exhausted, but the next day you go, God, that was awful, but I want to do it again. Because it's hard, but it has eternal benefits. So here's the good news this morning, is that you go, well, I don't really know what to do. First, I want to say, we need a lot of processes in the church. I heard Emily pray that, and I thought that was great. We need processes for people, um, to their gifts to be identified, and then how do they plug in? In other words, you come up and go, hey, I want to serve, and we go, hey, here's the process. Here's where you figure out what you're good at, and here's how you figure out where you serve in this actual church. We need that. Today, though, what I want you to hear is this. Um, Everybody in here has a gift. Everybody in this church has a gift. Do you guys realize that? Okay, this is why I'm preaching on it. You got a gift. Every one of you has a gift. And it's really cool to think about this. And if I had time to wrap a bunch of gifts and hand them to you this morning, just a box with a gift and tell you to open it, you go, what is this? I go, what represents the gift that God has given you? Because when God gives you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit works within you so that you can discover your gift and your gift is what you're good at. And the gift is what you do naturally. And the gift is what you have fun at. And the gift is what energizes you. And God's given you a gift. 1 Peter 4:10 says, "Each of you should use, listen, whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms." Meaning one, there's a variety of gifts. Two, you've been given a gift, and three, you're called to be a faithful steward of that gift. Now, the Bible lists a lot of specific gifts: teaching, preaching, administering, discerning, evangelism, hospitality. But there's nothing better than finding exactly what it is that God has called you to do for him. It's really not. Like, I love to preach. It's so much fun to me. Like, I feel like that's one of my gifts. And it's fun. It's not, it's not like I dread it. Like, I love it. I like, I'm saying that because you have one. And there's something that you do and you love. Now, there's some things you're not good at. And you don't want to put people in the wrong gifting because if you, sometimes people will try to lay a gift on you. Like, hey, we need somebody to serve in X, Y, Z. And you go, oh, I don't really want to do that. And they're like, we need you. And you do it and then you're unhappy. Let's say, for instance, this morning I go, hmm, I want to call on somebody to pray in the congregation. And I'm going to pick a person right now. And I'm just going to ask you to stand up and pray. I'm going to point at you. Some of you are really nervous right now. And you're going, dear Lord, Please don't let it be me, and your blood pressure just went out the roof. I wouldn't really call on you like that. Others of you would go, Hey, I could do that. But because you enjoy that, and it's something that you feel like you have a gifting for. Let's use children's ministry, for example. Um, We need some people working in children's ministry. We need volunteers and youth ministry and and people serving and leading. Now, if some of you here, I would just say, I just pick a person and say, hey, you're gonna work with the children for the next 12 months. If you asked me to do that, I'd be miserable. I love kids, but I've tried to teach the kids before and I go in there and I look at them and they just kind of stare at me. And I, I don't know what they're thinking. It's just really, really intimidating for me, much more so than adults. Some of you here would love that. You go, I'd love to work with the little, little kids. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you do with them. Um. So it's about finding your, your gifting uh, greeters. Some of you make great greeters. Like people come in, you're like, hey, good to see you. i so glad you're at our church and you're bubbly and charismatic. And then some of you, not so much. Like you're not good greeters. It's not that you're not friendly. It's not that you're not loving. You just, just don't have the personality for it. And you're not really who everybody wants to see when you come in. No offense to you. You know, you're great, but you're just not a good greeter. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, is, Paul uses the analogy of the body. It says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And so Paul used this analogy of, 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 of the different part, the hand, the arm, the ear, the eye. And, I, and this is kind of an old analogy. I, I use it literally weekly, but I always talk about dancing. And it just seems to be the analogy that, that makes sense to me, is that we all have to learn to dance together. And the staff has to learn to dance together, the clergy have to learn to dance together, the church has to learn to dance together, the leadership has to learn to dance together. And if you don't know how to dance together, it's ugly. But if you do know how to dance together, it's beautiful. And we took shag lessons one time for our anniversary, and I'm so thankful that they were private lessons. And... I've told this story multiple times, but like we went and, and, you know, we took another couple and, and the, you know, the, the lady was like giving us like, like a, a rhythm or numbers to count as we were doing it. I just really couldn't get it. And I remember she yelled at me for moving my hips. Uh, I mean, she was just like, you're moving your hips too much. I'm like, I thought you had to kind of move your hips when you do the shag. She's like, it not the tango. <laughs> you know? um, and, and so it takes time to learn how to do that, especially when you have a new partner. And I think we're seeing our church right now is we have a lot of kind of new partners and everybody's trying to figure out how we dance together. And one of the most important things about dancing is the cadence and the rhythm. And we have to have a cadence and a rhythm from the leadership. And we're all trying to figure out how to do that. Um, But we're the body, and if we can figure out who's good at what and put them into the right places, then we don't have two left feet. Um, We're all working in unison together. It's really important. I think our church will become better and better at helping people identify those gifts, gifts assessment, uh, volunteer coordinators, disciple making path. But right now I just ask you to be open. Um, looking for opportunities. Where can I serve? What can I do? I, I said this more in traditional people. I-, I was talking about being greeters. I said, you know, you don't have to be an official greeter. I- I'm sure, uh, Chris would love to have you if you want to be a greeter and help with the church, but you don't have to be an official greeter. You could just get here early and like, Welcome people. I mean it's a novel idea that we would get here maybe 10 minutes before the service and as people come in we're just looking for people who don't know anybody versus coming in here by the seat of our pants. I'm not picking on anybody but I'm just saying some of us come in here late and we're kind of running in and it's all about us and we sit down and we go feed 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 me versus going how do I actually give to somebody else today who may need A little love. So you just get here early and just kind of talk to people and just look around and welcome people and start creating a spirit. This is our house. We have people over to our house every Sunday. You gotta get your house in order. You know when people are coming to your house, how you do that? You know how you clean up and throw everything in the closets? We gotta clean up around here some. But we also gotta be hospitable and have the table set. So we gotta all be thinking that way versus gosh, when's dinner ready? Don't don't ask, when's the dinner ready? Go, what can I fix? And we all start working like that. What it'll do is take the focus off us and put it on the other people that we're trying to reach for Jesus. And we all get energized and motivated and excited because we're making a difference in somebody else's life instead of going, gosh, we got the same chicken again. I mean, we got to work together to make a difference and impact our community and the people that don't know Jesus. That's why we're here. I mean, we, we want to make disciples further, but a lot of us have had our time. We've done our time in church. It's time to go, to reach, to share, to, 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 to help, to feed, to visit, to clothe, I mean that's what the Lord really did. He didn't just spend his time sitting with the disciples in a room, going, "Gosh, I wonder if we can make this room bigger and better and brighter and prettier, and see how many people we can get in it." He said, "Let's go." So, I'll say I say all that. I'll say this: I do think we need to make it a little easier for people to know where where to serve and 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 how to serve. But in the meantime, a few things I think you could do. I mentioned greeting. Um, you know, if you want to be a greeter, you could talk to Chris Ashley. Like I said, some of you, it's not your gift, so don't ask. <laughs> uh, I'm joking. I, I think we could all greet, but, um, <clears throat> just got to smile. Uh, then children and youth ministry. I think you could talk to the children, youth boards, and whatever their needs are, which we're assessing, would be important. I know that our choir needs people to sing it in. in traditional worship, we need some new choir um, members. Some of you here, that would be disastrous. Um, don't sing in the choir others of you can sing and it would be great if you want to think about this All right, I'm, I don't want to be tangential, but I'm going to be um, I think this was Chris Ashley's idea, but it, we were talking about this idea of saying What if all the people at the table at the 11 o'clock service made it their goal to volunteer at the 845 service? What if we just all said, hey, we're going to go over there and we're going to help that service and we're going to be the greeters and we're going to be the ushers and we're going to be the acolytes we're going to be the crucifers and we're going to serve in the choir and then we're going to come here. Or vice versa. What if they came over here and they served? Because we're all one church. So, um, breakfast on Sunday mornings for volunteers. I I know we need need that here for for the band, AV people. Acolytes and crucifers. Um, And you could talk to Emily about the breakfast. Acolytes and crucifers, you could talk to to Vance. I know we need those next door at traditional. And then I know Sunday school always needs teachers. Get involved in a Sunday school and a small group. Those are really critical to the life of the community and to our church right now. And then the last thing I'll say, this is a really novel idea um, about volunteering. Here's a really easy thing you can do to volunteer. You can volunteer to be here on Sundays. Just show up. Now, y'all are all here, so you don't really need to hear that. But if we could get our church just coming back to church, amen? If we get everybody coming back, if we just go, hey, everybody, we got a goal. We're all going to come to church. Not once every six weeks, but we're going to all come to church together. I'm going to tell you, you would feel the vibe and the excitement. Already feel it. But we'd really feel it if everybody started coming back to church. So just being here is a great step in the right direction a couple of things to end. Let's just pray that God gives us excitement and passion to get plugged in, really start making a difference too. Let's keep the image of Jesus washing feet in the back of our minds and sacrificing like he did. Actually, in this picture right here, we see Jesus washing feet. And let's remember Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. And let's remember, um, guys, while we're doing all this, I, y'all know why we do all this? I mean... This ain't a club. We, we do this because we have a God who came and who died for us. He sent his son, Jesus, to die. And when you believe in Jesus and you confess Jesus, it's not all easy. I promise you ask any Christian in here. It will change your life, though, and it will give you hope. And church work isn't easy, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's the best work in the world. It really is. We're here making a difference in the eternal lives of people. Man, that's good news. That all gets you fired up. And if this church can figure out how to do that better and better and better, we can change the world, man. We at least changed greenville we got some super duper awesome people in here only because god has gifted them only because god has given them the gift man that's good news so if you don't know jesus hey that's the gospel message he came he was god's son he died on the cross he shed his blood on our behalf bible says that when he died he stayed He was gone for three days. On the third day, he rose from the dead. And he walked the earth for 40 days, and he appeared to people. And then he ascended to heaven. And 10 days later, God sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was a gift given to everybody who believes in him. And if you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you discernment about what you can do for the kingdom of God. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we open our arms and hearts, or we open our hearts to you today, Lord, um, to receive you if we don't know you, Lord. We cannot do anything apart from you for the kingdom of God. You are everything. Your Holy Spirit is what moves in us to make a way to share the gospel, to share our gifts. We've got to have you. We've got to have the Holy Spirit. We can't do it by works. We've got to have faith in you. And Lord, I pray if somebody doesn't know you today or doesn't have the faith, Father, it begins there by accepting receiving you, confessing the sin. We all got sin. We're all sinners. But confessing their sins so that mm-hmm. that sin is nailed to the cross by your death, by your shed blood. So I pray today, Lord, if someone doesn't know you, that they receive you. For all of us here who know you, Lord, know you as Savior, I pray that we hit our knees and ask you to show us what it is you've created us to do. And may we live into that gifting in the church, in our jobs, in our homes, in our lives. And Father, we thank you so much just who you are. You are a wonderful, wonderful God. We love you. We praise you for our beautiful church. It's all these things we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.